Alrighty, Adventure Guys, The Return is what I'm dubbing yeah, this Yeah, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, Nick the Human, back from from what? From the dead. <laughs> Me and frequent guest Sean Harvey both uh, got sick, so it's been two weeks since our last episode, but I'm glad to be back talking about one of the most epic, right, fan-favorite Hallmark episodes of Adventure Time. Would you say, Eric? Yeah. It's a good one. It's a good episode. It's a good one. It's a good. It's a heartwarming one. It's a friendship one. You're you're getting a glimpse at some real deep relationships in this one. Um, and dude, you've had. So I was sick. Um, and you had a. You started your new job in the last couple of weeks. We have lots to catch up on. Yeah, I'm very tired. I I slept for four hours. I woke up and we're doing this podcast now. Thank you for waking up early. It's, for me. Yeah, it's still it's almost one o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> well, you got that overnight job going. You're uh, you're surviving. Yeah, it kind of sucks, but it's fine for now, I guess. Yeah, seasonal, right? Yeah, yeah. My, I excuse me if I do have the cough because I am still like getting totally better. Um, you know what, folks? I did. I I got I got the coronavirus i got covid19 um i'll just be straight with you uh and it sucked and i'm healthy and i'm relatively young uh so like all things considered i fared pretty well on it like um i mean we'll guess we'll see the long-term effects as as we've talked about on air uh, we don't really know what those are yet so that that's a little concerning but um i'm back it just knocked me out for two weeks where i like literally was coughing between every every word every sentence did you get it from Sean? Is that confirmed? Um, more or less. It's actually really hard for us to figure out where he could have could have got he could have got he got it before me, like two days before me. So he did contract it first. But he teaches music. He was teaching outdoors, like a drum line. So that could have been it. Um, he saw a friend. Um, but they both got symptoms on the same exact day, which wouldn't add up that either of them gave it to each other. I don't know. The whole the whole timeline is really a fee, but that's the best uh, thing that I got. Yeah. Well, damn, dude. At least uh at least you're doing all right. Thanks. Yeah, you know. I I'm get still th- super scared about getting it. It sucks. But you know what I did do is so I watch right, watch Adventure Time every week. I don't watch that much TV, but this slowed me down to the only thing I could really do was watch TV. I tried just trying to read a book. And I was going so slow. It was like my brain was just like, dude, like we don't want to do this right now. Like, like one of the weird symptoms that I got was I got really dizzy and faint. And I got almost like in my ears was like an oscillation where it was like, oof, oof. And I had to like sit down. Um, so I had to watch TV. Um, but we've texted about this and our listeners have having I, me and Sean started watching Steven Universe. Yeah. On your recommendation, and we just finished season one, you know, it's like 53 episodes. We we cruised through those in like a week and a half, um, and it's getting good. Yeah. Man, the end of season one, Steven Universe, is one of my favorite moments of television history. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. Like, I guess, I, I feel like at some point we'll do like some sort of crossover episode into Steven Universe. Um, Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but so maybe we'd leave that unexplored for now. But I am thoroughly enjoying it. And more and more as it goes on. And like Adventure Time, the more lore that you get, 
the more backstory, like the more in I am. And like as that yeah. as the episodic stuff was fading away and each episode started to have continuity and we're learning more about the world that they're in, I was like, yes. Okay, I, I get it now. They do a, a really good job of of sort of like withholding certain parts of information, you know, while making like every reveal meaningful and part of the plot. Like you learn a little bit more about the world that they live in as you yeah the show. Yeah, you know, I feel like Adventure Time sometimes it they will reveal crucial pieces of information, but maybe in a non-dramatic fashion. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it'll just be like a casual episode and in the middle of it will be some kind of important piece of backstory just kind of squeezed in there and then it comes back. And I feel like in Steven Universe, when you get those chunks of backstory, they, they do a good job of setting it up and framing it in like a like meaningful way. Yeah, it's, uh, it's cool because n- neither of those shows are really about like a... At their heart, they're not really about like a sci-fi narrative, even yeah. though a great sci-fi narrative exists in yeah. Adventure Time and the Steven Universe. They're really more about the characters and their relationships to each other. Yeah, and yeah. it just happens to be in this like sci-fi narrative timeline. Oh yeah. Well, you know, speaking of that, like this episode of Adventure Time is like literally everything you just described, <laughs> and I want to just get into it and start discussing the app. All right, season three, episode 10. What was missing? Yeah, great app. This is fun. Um, You know, I guess, do you want to set it up at all, Eric? And like for the casual listener, why this is such a important app? Uh, Sure. So this is a pretty musical episode. It features a lot of songs uh, written by Rebecca Sugar. And uh, it's pretty well known for that. It's also, I think, the first real focus on the relationship between Marceline and Princess Bubblegum. And it's mostly presented as subtext. It's not really uh, presented as anything directly like these two characters used to date. Yeah. But that's yeah. a strong implication that we get from this episode. <laughs> it is. It's, um, you know... Um, as I'm still a casual listener or a casual view, uh, you know, if you're, this is your first app I'm watching, I haven't seen every single episode and I, and Eric's seen the series multiple times, but, um, you know, what's interesting is cause you're watching it and you, they're giving you clues that they used to date. Yeah. But you're saying, but it's not explicit. So it's like, what's the nature of this relationship? And I feel like by the end, it's kind of clear with some of the stuff they give you. It's like, Oh, this, this was like, this was something. and it, I, I think it's worth noting that the first time I watched this episode, like in sequence yeah. on my first watch through, I did not get that they had a romantic history. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I thought that they like ha- had like a close friendship or something like mm-hmm. that, but it, it didn't really get into my mind that like that they had a romantic past. Right. But it sets it up. So when that is revealed, it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it te- it's 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 just below the surface enough where, like, you don't have to pick up on it. Yeah. Um, if you do, you're you know you're correct, but it's not the essential part of this episode. Sure. And this is, but what's great about the episode, right? So it's like if you zoom out, the point of this episode really is okay. 
they're going to set up the relationship between these two, right? Like that's like, and we're going to get glimpses into that. Um, so then if you reverse engineer that, it's like, okay, how are we going to get these two to talk about these things through song? Obviously that's how Marceline, uh, expresses herself but why will she have to sing well we should have all these characters have to come together for a purpose maybe they've all lost something maybe we create one of the craziest characters we've ever done before and just have him steal everything so they all have to get together that's a great idea and so i don't know i just i love that this is the per the, the purpose is to get them to talk about their feelings and set up this past relationship but the means by which they execute it with is just so fun you know <laughs> yeah it's a pretty ridiculous villain uh what's his name the, the door lord door, door lord <laughs> door lord so so the episode starts finn is has a piece of princess bubblegum's hair that he likes to spend time with which is uh which is weird yeah i forget what episode he obtained that it's it is a little creepy though <laughs> i know and and jake and bimo know because they're all roommates and it's i was watching i was like huh okay so this is a kid's show i'm like are they normalizing this sort of weird behavior or are they showing compassion for weird impulses you're straddling <laughs> the line i think <laughs> you know um but anyway they're, they're sitting there and then out of nowhere a door appears in the middle of the air and this guy busts through it. They're like, who are you? He pushes over Jake. And with his mouth closed, he starts mumbling incoherently. And then steals the hair, steals BMO's controller, and heads through another door. This man is, is yellow. He's got two joints in his arms, right? Two elbows. He's got two joints in his legs, two knees. And he's wearing a little itty-bitty door hat. And he talks like this. <laughs> and then just goes through a sequence of doors, stealing toys from children. He steals something we don't know in the beginning of the episode from Princess Bubblegum. And then he goes, and it looks like he's trying to steal Marceline's base. I kind of think, and she fights him off. Then they go into this sort of valley, like crevice thing, like canyon, and he goes into this like metal door of his own making. Uh, and they have to figure out how to open it. And conveniently, like in a lot of these stories, the door tells them what it needs to open, which is like <laughs> yeah. a genuine song from a genuine band. A genuine band. A genuine band. And genuine really is the key to this whole mystery. <laughs> yeah, Conveniently, uh, all of our Adventure Time characters are musical, so so they just take the opportunity to start a genuine band. I know, and and Jake's got his uh, his viola just on him. Yeah, he just whips it out. He's like, "Oh yeah, great." <laughs> um, and it's cool. And then you know, the whole band's there. Marceline has had a like a outfit change, like when she decided to join them, and she looks like really cool. She's got her big floppy hat and high waisted jeans, like, uh, <laughs> and her bass always right. Um, and then they, they decide to start this band. And the first thing anyone says is Jake says, I'm going to be the jerk of the band, which is key to any band's success. Yeah. He's, he's playing up this bit the whole episode and he breaks character just to make sure that everyone knows that he's not being too mean on purpose, but he still keeps up with the bit. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> is there, is that a, is that a thing? I was trying, I was trying to think about that. I'm like, is there supposed to be a guy in the band who 
is mean to everybody. Like, I don't know about that trope. I don't know where Jake picked this up from. Uh, I don't know. Did you did you get to the episode in Steven Universe, Steven and the Stevens? Yes. <laughs> That's a heavy episode of Steven Universe. Uh, but they play on like funny tropes about being in a band. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, they do it again. Um, a later episode that you probably haven't seen. Uh, uh, Sadie has a band. Oh, I want to see. I like Sadie. Yeah. Uh, and they they talk about like like the inevitable infighting that will lead to the band's crash and burn <laughs> or whatever. <That's laughs> and they're like, we don't have to do that part. And yeah. Like, oh yeah. man, but that's what makes bands awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I, so I I don't really know where Jake's this jerk thing comes from. It's fun though. And he just keeps heightening it and embodying it more and more. Um, but they start jamming, right? Just Marceline has a fun baseline. She's got a great fuzz tone going on for yeah. a lot of this episode. I don't think the beginning, but like through most of it. When she's solo, if it's just Marceline singing, she's accompanied by a fuzz solo, which I guess is good, right? For the mix, it takes up more space. There's more high end happening. Sure. I think it's it's pretty rad that Marceline's instrument is bass. And when she sings, her accompaniment, her, you know, whether it's diegetic or not, is always just bass, like bass guitar. And like, yeah, it's either rock with like distortion on it or even just like she's playing chords on a bass. Like they don't uh, try and, you know, do any TV magic to it and just have like a bunch of background music. Like she is just singing to bass. Yeah. And um, so as they're jamming, she starts singing and sings her feelings. Uh, Princess Bubblegum immediately takes to playing BMO and takes BMO's plate off and BMO's like, Oh, my face. And then as he starts getting played, he's like, <laughs> yeah, right. It, it was in danger of becoming like a really macabre moment yeah. where she just like rips off his, his face. But then he immediately starts giggling as if he's being tickled. It's like, oh, okay, we're good. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> um, but Marceline starts singing and dude, it, it really is cool. And, affecting like you know i think you talked about in a previous episode where they talk about the singing that um the actor voice actor who does finn does where they want to sound like sort of naive and like natural and i think adding the bass and the singing makes it feel really natural because like if you're hanging out with a friend right like sometimes your friend just plays one instrument and it's piano or it's ukulele and i feel like there's something kind of like vulnerable about it being bass and her and it doesn't feel too you know didn't feel like they did too much tweaking and there's even parts where the bass playing and the singing is just like subtly out of time for a bar or two yeah everybody's singing in this episode is is like slightly ahead of the beat everybody's singing like it's it's like the number one like air quotes error in the performance of this episode which makes it feel very human oh yeah it's like it's it's so common that people rush more so than are behind yeah and it's like it's honestly it's all over this show. It's like a lot of the singing is like just slightly ahead, which is so endearing. <laughs> oh yeah. I was wondering if they had Marceline Acapella, the voice actress, Acapella sing the song and then have whoever plays bass accompany afterwards. And that sort of like trying to keep up with no metronome would make it feel Oh yeah, I wonder how they did that. Yeah, I don't know. Um yeah. But it's it's you know, it's it's that perfect sort of weird 
messed upness where it's like it's kind of almost like exact you know what i mean uh it's great but anyway but but i guess the song marceline sings i'm not your problem i'm not yeah it's a classic <laughs> at classic why do i want to also is the end uh frame uh, a refrain at the end of the song and she starts out by it's like kind of nice and then she kind of says she wants to suck um the blood out of her sweet pink face and <laughs> princess bubblegum's like that's not decent and then marceline just goes off basically revealing uh all her feelings this is sort of, she sort of did this in a previous and it came from the night of fear right like when she gets going it all the, <laughs> yeah. she spills all the beans yeah she just gets wrapped up in the music <laughs> yeah and she talks about how she's like you know she felt like princess bubblegum wasn't like thought she wasn't good enough or something. And she's also like taking some pretty good jabs at her. Like, you know, I'm not made of sugar. I'm not one of your subjects you can just control, <laughs> which is like, Ooh, I mean, it's kind of true. Like besides Finn and Jake and BMO, like princess bubblegum sort of created everyone she's around and can, can kind of control them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and Marceline's just like pulling no punches, but still at the end of the day, she's like, but why do I like, she's basically like, I still want to make up. Like, why do I want to do that? She's she's grappling with it. Yeah. Uh, side note, did you watch Obsidian, the Distant Lands episode two? No, I after having COVID for a couple of weeks, I went out for the first time on a drive. I saw one friend that we've been only seeing each other pretty much. And I come home and Sean is like 30 minutes deep into it. And I was like, <laughs> dude, I was like, we're going to watch. I got to watch. I, I think this is going to come up on the the pod and he was like oh you uh you want you want to watch the rest of it with me i was like i don't think it works that way <laughs> so i'm gonna catch up on it did you did you watch it yeah it's it's great but it it connects to this episode what was missing in so many like direct ways oh awesome oh i can't wait to see it I, yeah it's like it, a lot of things that were left hanging mm -hmm. from this episode you get resolutions for uh in obsidian and it's not even necessarily what you think it might be but like and, and like they tie up loose ends that you didn't know were like left as loose ends got even. it but it it directly relates to this the standalone episode from like nine years ago wow in a lot of ways so, yeah it's it's really cool so this app right you're saying rebecca sugar wrote the um the songs was she in pretty instrumental in the like pushing uh, for this relationship or uh i don't know i don't know i feel like she's talked about right like having unconventional relationships are important to her and that plays in the steven universe some right yeah i i think um air quotes unconventional it's not my or rebecca's words it's just you know yeah i i think at this point in the show season three yeah I don't know if there was a true consensus among the writers that, you know, PB and, and Marcy were involved in some way or another, mm -hmm. or if they were like what the extent of it was, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure there was no official right. ruling. Um, and, and there was just like a little bit of interpretation left how deep that subtext actually ran. Got it. This is this is going to be one of our cheap. If we get a writer on the show or somebody who worked on this, will <laughs> definitely be one of the first questions that we ask. Um, 
I, I think the impetus behind this episode in particular was mostly just to do a musical episode. Mm, okay. Um, and Rebecca Sugar did storyboard it. Uh, I don't know who who was the storyboarding partner. Was it Adam Mudo? Um, Makes sense. But she did write all the music. I I've read some interviews about like how how she wrote these particular songs and like they did take influence from her just personal life and personal relationships that she had with other people. I think I'm just your problem was about an old roommate that she had. Got it. And they got into an argument and even though it wasn't her fault, like she wanted to be the one to make up with her old roommate or something. Yeah. Oh man, that's such perfect adventure time fodder. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking at Adam Muda did uh, also storyboard it. And then they also have a story credit. Um, for four people, Ken Osborne, Pendleton Moore, Patrick McHale, and Mark Banker. So it's a whole family affair. Um, I love that. That's cool. That's a great tidbit, um, Eric. From, I mean, I guess probably it's probably from yeah. the Miscellaneous Mania. We'll talk about more later. But right, I I, I can't recommend highly enough. Uh, again, reading that Adventure Time Art of Ooh book, you get a lot of cool behind the scenes stuff. Oh, dude, you know I actually um. So I, I read that whole book and then I read the second Steven Universe book that came out and I just blew through the, the these pages and now I don't have anything to read. And so I looked up um, the author, uh, Chris McDonald, who did both of those books. Mm-hmm. I mean, he conducted the interviews and structured where the art is laid out and everything. And he um, he did another book on BoJack Horseman. Oh, interesting. And uh, I liked that show. Did you watch all of it? Yeah. yeah. But, I, you know, I wouldn't consider myself like part of the BoJack fandom yeah. necessarily. But I think I'm going to try and pick up that book and read it just because I enjoyed this author's approach to figuring out all the behind the scenes stuff about an animated show. Yeah. Yeah. Because this guy does such a good job. That's, that rules, dude. Um, <laughs> I have the last, literally just the last season of BoJack left. And I'm going to be finishing it. Very interesting show. I don't want to go too deep. This will really sideline us if we, (laughs) which has happened on recent episodes. So I'm not even going to go into what I think about Bojack Horseman, but a very interesting show. Yeah. It's a, it is deserving of a rewatch. I think I might do that if I pick up the book. Yeah. There's a lot going on that show and it has, I think it's fandom is, is earned. Um, Let's go back to the, let's go back to the app. I'm steering us back on course. um, Cause (laughs) Even though I'm usually one of, I usually like hit the accelerate when we're going off course. Um, But after this song, I don't know, there's a lot of like anger and look, Finn's like, we're supposed to be genuine buds. Like, we need to take a noodle break. Um, Marceline gets like a hot plate and plugs it into BMO for power. She says, come here, baby. And then into BMO's face goes the plug. It's, I love that moment. So good. Um, and then they like they make up, and then Bubblegum's like, "Yo, I want to try the next one in Bubblegum fashion, PB fashion." She gives everyone sort of a a list of tasks to complete. Oh yeah, and it's like a bunch of music babble. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna sound smart talking about music. Marceline, <laughs> I need you to do um, triplet quivers in the A mixolydian mode, and right, yeah, mixolydian mode. What? Okay, okay, Princess Bubblegum. Normally, um, normally I I love everything that she 
she has to offer, but Mixolydian mode? Which Mixolydian mode, okay? There are 12 different Mixolydian modes. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't even think she says, um, <laughs> I said a Mixolydian, like the key, but I don't think she even says the key. I think she literally just says. No, it, she just says Mixolydian mode. Which is a great attention to detail be, showing, showing she just wants to, like it's showing that she is just trying to be smart, right? Like, because the details, are, the, yeah. the knowledge isn't complete. Um, and everyone starts trying to go, and then as the as they try to start the song, Bemo's face lights on fire, <laughs> and it doesn't work. Um, and at that point, they all decide to like leave, right? And Finn starts singing a song and kind of reveals that hey, what I lost from the Door Lord was a piece of your hair, Princess Bubblegum, and. As he starts being genuine, the door begins to open, which is a great metaphor. In this week's section of <laughs> Nick's Metaphor Corner, uh, oh no, I don't, I don't think that this needs a real song. <laughs> but anyway, um, it's great because what I guess what it's unlocking right is the door, which we come we come to learn a bit later. Um, what kind of the door lord represents is he took things from them to show that what was inside of them all, like the fun that they wanted or whatever was important was inside them all along, right? And the way to get to that genuine feeling, what was inside of them, what was important to them, was to be genuine. And I feel like what they're, sh- they're signaling is, is like, hey, you want to make good music that unlocks the door to your heart, to everyone's heart, is to be completely genuine and honest in your self-expression. And once you do that, you have the keys to the kingdom. You have the door is open to you. And I love that because I agree with that ethos. Yeah. It's in particular with music and songwriting. Yes. It's really obvious to me, I think, when I listen to music, when somebody is just singing lyrics that are kind of generic or not really personal to them. Yeah. Um, or even, and- you ever hear like faux personal lyrics? Whereas some yeah exactly yeah. you you can tell when someone is like faking it because like the lyrics sounded cool or they sound like they might be universally relatable but it's it's not like there's there's some disconnect you, yeah the person singing it, it can't actually relate to the words that right they're singing. it's like you're singing about having your heart ripped out like a hard breakup but it it, it I don't feel it coming from that person you know what I mean like you're like did, yeah yeah it's it's so obvious when marceline is singing in the beginning and she realizes that she just sort of let the like the honesty freely flow through her for a minute and she was like oh wait oops like i'm insecure hold on let me go back to like some dark badass sounding lyrics yeah and and the door immediately shuts off like she's i want to bury you in the ground like she gets super metal like she's trying yeah. too hard <laughs> yeah and the door's like uh-uh <laughs> and that uh yeah i mean this is my favorite part of the episode i was like this is great this is reinforcing what art should be about um and yeah. and uh they and so finn sings a song and they all come back as the door is responding to it and they all join in um princess bubblegum's playing bemo again and there's some great like like game boy style percussion like 8-bit stuff happening um and the bass, the fuzz bass is going, the viola is going, um, and he's singing a song about uh, like, "What am I to you, Princess Bubblegum?" Um, he's singing about how 
even though he still enjoys them as his best friends uh, and Jake too, um, it, he's kind of having a, as we learn, kind of like a Rivers Cuomo pink triangle uh, moment where he's uh, <laughs> singing a love song to somebody who is uh, not going to be interested. <laughs> and, and, uh, um, and then the door opens at the end of the song and we see our friend eating a sandwich. <laughs> Which doesn't make any sense. No. <laughs> if his mouth is... <laughs> and then he just goes... And it seems that Princess Bubblegum and Marceline, who have dealt with the Door Lord before in some fashion, they don't really go into it, is like, oh, I know what he's saying. He's saying that what was important to us was inside of us all along. And he goes... And he's like excited because they got what he was after. <laughs> and they're like, it's true friendship. And then they just cut and they, it's clear that they've just beat the shit out of him. He has like a black eye and he's all tied up. Yeah, because he was still being a total wad. He, des- he deserved it. <laughs> right. So, you know, which is funny because that's okay. So he's at the end, like, with this great moral message, but he also has stolen everything from everybody. So then I was kind of like, is he going around stealing this stuff because he wants the stuff, or is it all in service of this moral he's trying to teach the world? I, I, it's What do you think? You know... It- in his aesthetic of like how he's drawn, uh, he reminds me a little bit of Magic Man. Yes. And in his mannerisms, yes. it's sort of yes. similar to. I said that to Sean. I was watching. I was like, this guy is like Magic Man, but crazier. <laughs> yeah. And Magic Man's introduction episode is like, I'm here to teach you a lesson. And, you know, this won't be over until you learn what the lesson is. And the lesson turns out to be that magic man is a jerk and that's it. Right. <laughs> so I, yeah, the door Lord is kind of in that vein, I guess. Yeah. Where it's like cool lesson. Uh, is still like hurt or took things from me and I, I got the lesson. Cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's kind of how life is sometimes, <laughs> but I like also another cool little throwback. I when they give Bimo his controller back from Door Lord, he swings it around like a lasso and says, "Yippee ki yay!" <laughs> yeah. Which I'm like, I guess Bimo loves that cowboy stuff. <laughs> and then um you know, Jake is handing out all the stuff that was stolen and says, "Oh, Marceline, here's your shirt back." And Marceline's like, "Wait, what?" And then Prince Bubblegum goes, "That's my shirt." And it's like, whoa, you kept the shirt I gave you, Marceline says. And Prince comes like, yeah, it means a lot to me. It's like, I thought you never wore it. She goes, dude, I wear it to bed like every night. And it's like, oh. I mean, that's the strongest indicator we get that it's a relationship, right? Because the clothes. Yeah. The shared clothes. There's, there's, a, there's a couple episodes uh, throughout the series where you see Princess Bubblegum wearing that shirt. Ah. Uh. uh. I, I think I, I think it didn't really hit me what the significance of it was until like later on. Oh, there's there's that um who's that that witch that comes into play like season eight or something? And oh right. She, she falls into a coma and then teams up with the ancient psychic tandem uh-huh. war yeah. elephant. <laughs> but she uh you this. She she steals the shirt from Princess Bubblegum. Oh. Or or tries to like negotiate a trade for it or something like that. Wow. 
so that's that shirt comes back it's got a lot of context uh that develops throughout the show but uh to just introduce it in this episode you know you, you don't really get how important it was i don't think until until that you know that last scene of yeah. course um, and then even then i didn't key into its significance quite yet yeah on my first watch through yeah the the, the, the multiple watch these really reward that um and then it's but then it's revealed that Marceline didn't have anything at stake here. In Finn's words, yeah. she just wanted to hang out with them. <laughs> and she gets uh embarrassed and grows in size and, and, and gnarliness like she does and chases everyone out <laughs> and the show abruptly ends. Right? Another classic example of just let's just heighten the drama until the <laughs> until the episode cuts. <laughs> uh, but I was doing a lot of thinking in this episode as is evident um a lot of writing of notes and a little bit of searching for a small little guy that likes to wave eric it's time to ask you did you see the snail all right well eric did you see the snail no Nick, did you see the snail? No. No, I did not. Okay. <laughs> um, that ends my streak of like seven or eight weeks. Dude, you you are on it. I, I thought for sure you were going to say it. I was like, Eric sees the snail in every app. It's unfair. You've got snail sense. You know, some episodes are definitely harder than others. And I think maybe we were just watching some easier episodes. Or, sorry, that makes you feel bad now. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw it. God damn it. I've only seen the snail once on my own. It'll happen again. Come on, Nick. Um, I, uh, I I definitely did my my first viewing of this episode uh, from the, the couch, like, you know, another yeah. four feet back away from the screen, like I s- said I would. Uh, However, on my second watch through, which I did right. Okay. So I woke up, I watched this episode again, and then we did this podcast. Um, I did the second viewing, you know, right in front of my computer monitor, like always. And I still didn't see it. Yeah. Even, and this was, I had like three weeks (laughs) to think about (laughs) where I might've missed it the first time. (laughs) Still didn't see it. Well, you know, this is what happened to me in a previous episode is like when, when the story gets so good, like, and it draws you in, like the snail searching recedes to the background, and that's what always happens to me. Dude, there was a there was a snail fake out in this episode. Really, there was there was a little a yellow bone and a brown rock on the ground, Whoa. like during one of the songs or something, and it was like out of focus, and I was like, wait, what is that? It wasn't. Oh, that is evil. <laughs> Evil yeah. on the animator's part. <laughs> oh man! Um, can we get some uh, miscellaneous mania going? I want to hear what you got. There's things you may not know. Eric and Nick will show you all the trivia Okay, so this episode aired in September of 2011. Mm, good year. 
Was it? <laughs> For me. Graduated from college. Oh, yeah. Great summer. <laughs> Lived in Philadelphia. Got a job at Atlantic Records. Uh, and then it ended at with some bad stuff. I don't know. Monumental year. <laughs> what was I doing in 2011? I had... Uh, been living in texas for a little while already yeah i was still in grad school i guess um <clears throat> that was boring <laughs> anyway <laughs> uh so 2011 still youtube early days kind of yeah i i think at that point they may have just lifted the limit on 10 minute videos mm. Like, I think people were just starting to catch on a little bit about, like, the YouTube community. It definitely wasn't anything like YouTube is now. No. Um, and you know me, I was a pretty early adopter of YouTube. Yeah. Um, 2012, is that when you started getting heavy? Uh, yes, but I started using YouTube for my classical compositions in college. Oh, yeah, yeah. In, oh, yeah, yeah. in like, 2009. I think it launched in 2006 mm -hmm. um, and didn't get popular for a, a while. But I, um, anyway, I, I do want to I also want to throw out there that I was sort of an early adopter because I was making skateboard videos and <laughs> yeah. um, this is and so I was making skateboard videos and also I was a heavy LimeWire user. So um, we would <laughs> put up our skateboards snowboarding videos on there and also i would just whatever i pirated off of limewire i would just upload um and <laughs> you were one of those i was one of those because i was just like this is this new thing youtube there's nothing on here yet but it's like this is the best video thing this is the best place i've found to upload my skateboard videos yet like people should be able to see the stuff so i started uploading things and i'm looking at it right now i uploaded in uh january 2006 um a Buckethead solo from the middle of a Guns N' Roses show when he was shortly in that band. It has 1.3 million views. Um, <laughs> on your channel? On my channel, yeah. Um, there's a Coheed and Cambria. But you're not getting ad revenue from that. No, I'm not. There's a Coheed and Cambria video, 70,000 views. And then my friend made a really simple like flash animation and paint of Dragon Ball Z versus South Park. Um and it has 104,000 views. I think just because it was literally so early. November 2006 on YouTube. Oh, wow. I don't know why I even <laughs> uploaded that. I guess I was like, well, I don't know. There needs to be more videos on this thing. <laughs> That's pretty funny. All right. So flashback to 2011. 2011. YouTube, YouTube is going strong, but it's still not the YouTube we know and love today. Yeah. Frederator, the production studio that did Adventure Time, they have a little YouTube series that kind of recaps Adventure Time episodes uh, in season three. Um, they are not particularly well produced. They're basically fan videos. Got it. You, you look up some of these these videos, it's just like, a couple screen grabs from the episode uh, of Adventure Time, and then there's like a narrator being like, "Oh, so on this week of Adventure Time, this thing happened. What do you guys think about that? Comment, you know, and remember to like and subscribe. You know, it's it's just like typical like YouTube fan videos. Sure, um, sure. it just happened to be 
coming from the actual Federator official YouTube account. Sure, it's like they were smart in that they knew that their sh- YouTube was a thing. They were like, we need to be on here. This is a place for us. But then the execution just wasn't quite there yet. Yeah, it's like totally indistinguishable from anything DIY that would be on the internet. Yeah. So they did a little recap uh, plug for what was missing and it generated quite a bit of controversy. Really? Because in the fan style musing about this episode in this little two minute recap or whatever, uh, the narrator sheds a little bit more light in a direct way on what might've been the past relationship between Marceline and Princess Bubblegum. Oh. And it's definitely like in the style of a fan video. However, because it's from the official account of the production studio, yeah. it made it seem like it was being officially acknowledged that they had been in a romantic relationship. Whoa. Uh, and in 2011, this was a huge controversy for a children's show to acknowledge a same-sex relationship. So there was uh, a lot of messed up stuff going on around it. Um, oh, there's, there's some, there's a lot of quotes from people on, on the crew of, of Adventure Time, and they're just like, they're not really disavowing it. They're not saying like, oh no, it's wrong, but they're saying like, it's definitely subtext and we we're not like confirming or denying anything it's you know conjecture and if it's from the point of fan theories like fine like have all the fan theories you want make your fan art uh go for it but the fact that it's you know our production studio that put their stamp of approval on it uh maybe sends the wrong message and this is like a, a Nobody from the Adventure Time crew was involved in these little videos. It's just yeah. like a separate thing from Frederator Studios. Sure. So what ultimately happened, uh, Fred Siebert, the, the guy in charge of everything, said, uh, in trying to get the show's audience involved, we got wrapped up by both fan conjecture and spicy fan art and <laughs> just went a little too far. So they pulled the episode of their, their recap. Got it. Um, and they fired the producer of the, this little recap series, this guy, Dan Rickmers. Now, I don't know who this guy, Dan Rickmers, is, but I think he's a queer hero that <laughs> deserves some recognition. <laughs> he put his job on the line to, uh, to portray same-sex relationships in all-ages media. And I don't know what's ever happened to this guy. If he's gotten any recognition at all for, for, you know, doing this, if he even personally cares about the issue or not, but he was the sacrificial lamb that lost his job because this video went up. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking right now. I see there's a Dan Rickmer's, um, did some shorts and there's a video game designer. Maybe it's him. I don't know. Um, Dude, that is a wild story you just brought me through. You know, I I do think I do think that is really cool that he did that and like 
put it out there into the community. I do also, I can imagine being a writer on the show and being like, oh man, dude, like we had plans to communicate this to the audience in a specific way that, you know, cause that, that's like, that could also be really impactful is if over time you gradually explain this in like a heartfelt way, it could have like a really strong emotional impact on kids to be like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with same sex like relationships because you're showing it. I, I don't know. You know, I understand both, both sides. It seemed like, like they got kind of backed into a corner by the whole situation because they, they, like they were obviously building towards confirming the relationship, mm-hmm. but they got all this, you know, criticism from it. And they and like, they never really denied it, but they also had to like back away from, from the issue and, and be like, you know, we're not explicitly saying that they are in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like that's definitely not the case here. However, you know, it is obviously a hundred percent confirmed by the series finale and obsidian Mm. like this, this special that just aired two days ago um, (laughs) where it's, it's explicitly and clearly stated that Marceline is princess bubble gums, vampire girlfriend, like quote. (laughs) Pretty awesome, man. It's super. Yeah. So awesome. And, and you know, nine years ago, this guy, Dan Rickmers, was fired because of it. I want to make him like a folk hero <laughs> for queer it's media. Tr- I don't know who this a, guy is. Tr- I think he deserves some some recognition for 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 putting everything out there online. You know. Yeah, let's throw a <laughs> shout out to him on Instagram. You should throw those. You should throw this theory out onto to to the Reddit or something, Eric. Get some get some groundswell going. I, you know, I don't even know exactly how active his role is in in producing the video because there there is a narrator and it's not him. And the narrator just asks a couple questions like, what do you think about PB and Marcy? Like, let us know in the comments. That's funny. Oh, man. That's heavy. Dude, good miscellaneous mania this week. <laughs> yeah, this, you know, this is uh, an iconic episode or one of the iconic episodes in the pantheon of of the show but um you know having not watched it on its original run i didn't realize exactly how significant it was in this particular controversial sense oh man that's big dude great app that we did good job (laughs) i I loved watching this app um I'm, i'm excited that i'm feeling better and we're back to it in a more consistent fashion through the month of December and beyond. Yeah. I guess we'll do a holiday special coming up soon. Yeah. Uh, speaking of holidays, I actually, I got to jet off now because I have to start traveling for this week to Florida to see my parents. Uh, fun, but I got to leave. Florida, what, what an awesome state. What a great state. I got to leave in 15 minutes and I haven't really packed. I just have some clothes splayed out <laughs> on my bed. So I'm going to go do that. But, uh, Love you, buddy. I'm glad that you're uh, you're doing good. Uh, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. If you like the show, wh- what do we always say? Like, subscribe, rate uh, the show. If you're home with your parents, do what Eric did and steal your mom's phone and give us five stars on iTunes. And uh, tell one friend. If you like this, just tell one friend. Go listen to Adventure Guys. That would be, that'd be hey, very are, nice. Are we on track to do another scheduled episode for next week we're back on track now 
Probably. <laughs> All right. So we don't even have, you got to get out of here. We don't have time for a theme song. We're just going to pick episode. I hear I got randomly 255, which is going to be a weird one. <laughs> uh, season nine, episode three, elements part two, bespoken for. Boy, that is, we've, haven't gone into episode. We haven't gone to season nine yet. Yeah, this is also in the middle of an eight-part yeah. miniseries. Yeah. Oh boy! But you, oh boy. but you know what? Uh, we took some time off, and we deserve a totally random episode <laughs> <laughs> to it's recalibrate. True. Although, hey man, that wasn't a uh, that wasn't my my fault. The the virus <laughs> got me. This is a, a, a pandemic. Oh shit! I gotta go, dude. Okay. Uh, Sean's texting me like, "Bro, we gotta leave." Okay. Uh, bye, fans. Bye, Eric. Peace out, y'all.